to the ESVS podcast. I'm Susanne Stokmans. Today we are talking about laparoscopic and robot-assisted aortic surgery together with Dr. Julien Posso and Dr. Charles Zwalens, both vascular surgeons from the Grand Hôpital de Charlevoix in Belgium. Since the broad introduction of laparoscopic surgery in the 90s, the whole field of surgery is developing towards minimal invasiveness. In vascular surgery, due to the rapid development of endovascular surgery, laparoscopic aortic procedures did not gain widespread popularity, mainly due to technical challenges. K-series showed difficulty acquiring the necessary skills, especially for laparoscopically inexperienced vascular surgeons, leading to longer operating time. Robot-assisted laparoscopic surgery was introduced in the year 2000. A fun fact is that the robotic surgery technique was originally developed together with the NASA to use on aircrafts or during spaceflights, enabling surgeons to perform remote interventions from base. A surgical robot works as a master-slave principle. The robot translates the movement of the surgeon's hands and can't perform any action on its own. Benefits of this technique include enhanced visualization due to full 3D vision, eliminating tremor and improved wrist motion and ergonomics. Additionally, this technology gives surgeons the ability to perform telesurgery, the reason for its initial development. The first laparoscopic aorto-bifemoral bypass was performed by Dion in 1993. In 2001, the first robot-assisted vascular procedure was performed by the group of Visselink and colleagues. The robot was used to construct the proximal aortic anastomosis of an aorto-bifemoral bypass after laparoscopic dissection. However, robot-assisted vascular surgery has not gained widespread popularity, and its usage is still limited to a few centers worldwide, mostly for occlusive and enrichment aortic and iliac disease. Results of these centers have been published mainly in case theory, most by Dr. Sadler and colleagues from the Czech Republic. These papers concluded that, compared with laparoscopic aortic surgery, the robot-assisted procedures were beneficial because of shorter procedure, suturing and clamping times, and smaller blood loss. Also, the benefit is found in a combination of its minimal invasive character and the durable results of conventional open surgery. However, until now, there are no published comparative or randomized trials to assess the true value of robotic laparoscopic surgery compared with conventional laparoscopic and open aortic surgery. Nevertheless, the successful long-term results of open aortic surgery combined with reduced access trauma in robotic-assisted procedures, can certainly represent a positive approach in specialized centers. Today, Dr. Posso and Dr. Svalens will tell us more about their experience with laparoscopic and robot-assisted aortic surgery and about the robotic program in their center in Charlevoix, Belgium. Thank you both for joining us today in this podcast. When and how did you start using the robot for vascular surgery? Our colleague Philippe Remy had already a good experience with uh, aortic laparoscopic procedures before we joined the team. I joined the team in 2016 with uh, extensive open aortic surgery experience, and Julien joined the team in 2019 with a good experience in um, thoracoscopic procedures. We performed the first case in August 2019 for an ABF bypass for aortoiliac occlusive disease. We had an experience with the robot for lobectomy, and we had the feeling that the machine could help us to get better results with aortic suture with a shorter learning curve. And how many robot-assisted vascular procedures are done in your center yearly? And what is the proportion compared to standard laparoscopic or open aortic procedures? And since the beginning of the program in 2019, we performed 
around 100 procedures. So we, we perform approximately 30 to 40 procedures per year. And to our knowledge, we are the only center in Belgium to uh, perform this type of uh, robot-assisted procedures. What we observed is that our rate of open procedures for aorto iliac occlusive disease has dropped dramatically to represent no less less than 10% uh, in comparison with the robotic interventions. The laparoscopic procedures have been uh, abandoned by by the team, giving all the advantages uh, offered to us by the, the robot, who will uh, discuss this later on in the in this podcast. And, uh, and we still do lots of open procedures for uh, aneurysmal disease. We will also talk about this. And I've read that experience in laparoscopic vascular surgery is a prerequisite for forming robot-assisted laparoscopic operation. What is your opinion and previous laparoscopic experience? Yes, uh, indeed, uh, our team in Charleroi had a big experience in laparoscopic aortic surgery. More than 180 cases published in 2015 in the Journal of Vascular Surgery. But what really made us to launch a robotic vascular program is a good experience with open procedures and laparoscopy in general. Open procedure because you need to be able to deal with potential life-threatening situation where the patient needs to be converted rapidly by an experienced operator. For us, the security is our priority. Laparoscopy, because your colleague at the bedside is essential to help you through the assistant part to get good exposure and help you with the suture. It's also certainly true that the previously mentioned experience in aortic laparoscopic surgery help us to launch this innovative program and to accelerate our learning curve. I went to Strasbourg before the first case, just to see one case. There were not so many centers in the world to train in this discipline. So we had to rely a lot on us and our own experience. And are there any specialized training centers for robotic-assisted procedure in the vascular field? As mentioned earlier, there are not so many centers in the world performing this complex operation. Julien and myself trained a lot with the robot simulator, and I trained by sewing vascular prosthesis in vitro in order to assess the strength and the behavior of the thread and the structures, given the lack of uh, aptic feedback. What are the indications for robot assistance in your center? What are the patient characteristics required for eligibility to undergo robot-assisted aortic surgery? And what patients are excluded from this procedure? This type of operation mainly concerns occlusive aorto-iliac disease task C and D, mostly after failed endovascular approach or uh, with too many autoiliac lesions to offer durable results. And the main criterion for uh, eligibility is the possibility of performing proximal aortic clamping. This requires having a, a juxtarenal aorta with little calcification. But this criterion evolved a lot with our experience because we pushed our aorta and our terectomy technique uh, and dissection so far that we almost don't select uh, the robotic patients anymore. So to a lesser extent, we also treat aneurysmal aortic pathologies, but our problem is that we use no X model of uh, da-, da Vinci, and it doesn't provide the sufficient m- mobility in the abdomen to perform terminal-terminal anastomosis as we, we, we would like to. And regarding the, the last part of your, of your question, the, the patient benefits from a classic preoperative evaluation before aortic surgery, so respiratory functional tests, cardiologic review, and carotid duplex. And what are the benefits compared to open aortic surgery? 
And what are the advantages when you compare this technique to laparoscopic aortic surgery and the disadvantages? We have to be really careful about this because we don't have strong data yet to support the technique, but the hypothesis that we do with robot when we compare it with laparoscopy is that we get a better quality suture, uh, which gives potentially to the patient a better permeability and lower conversion rate, as well as less blood loss. And we are also able to perform more complex surgery, for example, extensive aortic endarterectomy, minimal access for obese patient, and so on. So if we compare to open surgery, we hope that the benefits will be the same as already well established for abdominal laparoscopic procedures. So less blood loss, less pain, faster resumption of uh, intestinal transit, shorter hospitalization rate, uh, faster return to work, less inventoration, aesthetic benefits. And this comes, of course, with a, a shorter learning curve and the advantage of ergonomy of the machine compared with la laparoscopic surgery. The disadvantages uh, are mostly material and logistics. So you lose your haptic feedback when operating. We need two surgeons uh, for the same intervention, but this is also a kind of advantage because you, it also helps to diminish your stress uh, during the critical steps of, of the intervention. And, um, and the team you're working with should be dedicated and reliable. Otherwise, you will uh, lose time and concentration uh, on your job operating the, the patient. So. This means that uh, you need sufficient volume to perform aortic robotic assisted procedures, but this is true for any kind of uh, robotic assisted surgery. And can you describe the procedure? Who is in the room during the procedure and how are the tasks divided between the table and the console surgeon? So classically, the team is made up of the console surgeon, the table surgeon, the scrap nurse, and eventually a vascular trainee. For a lady F bypass tip procedure, we begin by approaching uh, the femoral arteries. After that, the four assistant ports are then placed on the midline of the abdomen. The three robot ports are placed in the left abdomen from the ribs to iliac fossa. After that, we install the patient for the abdominal dissection. So we do a full right lateral decubitus with an inflated cushion under the left hip. The returning position on the back is then easy to get later after the completion of the aortic anastomose by deflating the cushion and turning the table to the left. After this important phase, the robot is approached close enough to the patient in a perpendicular way, centered on the middle robot port and dock. The instruments are inserted under visualization. The surgeon at the console performs the dissection of infrarenal aorta via left or retrorenal approach depending on the past medical history of the patient. Wide lip tunneling is then performed by the table surgeon. After that, heparin is given. The table surgeon performs proximal and distal aortic clamping. The arteriotomy is then performed. After that, the console surgeon performs the endarterectomy of the aorta if necessary. Then the, the aortic suture is performed by the console surgeon assisted by the table surgeon for presentation, aspiration, surge tension. Subsequently, the left limb of the grasp is uh, tunnel. A drain via the left tunnel is left pl in place. Hemostasis is checked and the intestine is put in place to avoid contact with prosthesis. Finally, we perform the femoral anastomosis. For the laparoscopic dissection, both a retroperitoneal and transabdominal route can be used. Can you tell us about the differences? And you already mentioned what your preference is and why is that? The, the two ways we are using to get access to the infrarenal aorta 
are either a transabdominal left retrocolic pre-renal way or a transabdominal left retro-renal way. So we use the retro-renal way when the patient has history of colic resection or infection. So in this situation, the, the risk is high to get a hole in the left mesocolon and expose the prosthesis due to adherence if you come uh, in pre-renal. So we, we go behind kidney for that reason. We, we could also use a full retroperitoneal approach as our uh, urologist uh, colleagues use to remove the kidney. But we, we feel very comfortable uh, with our two techniques uh, at the moment, so we don't use it. The retro-renal uh, way has also the big advantage to, to come higher on the aorta. With this way, we are able to perform uh, super renal clamping without any difficulties. And we are also aware of the technique of the Praha team of St Stadler, who uses a, a robotic left paraduodenal approach, uh, as in open, but we don't have any experience with uh, that way. What do you think is the most challenging part of the procedure? Do you have any tips and tricks you use? Yes, yeah, so un until now, we, uh, we identify two critical steps in this surgery. The first one is the tunnelization of the right limb. Uh, this gave us a lot of stress in the beginning because it was made blindly with an aortic clamp and we encountered uh, several complications on this gesture, including bowel perforation who forced us to stop the procedure to avoid a uh, graft in infection. There's also um, a risk of bleeding by uh, entering the vena cava or the, the iliac vein, the risk of uh, ureteral lesion, which we fully didn't experience yet, and the risk of intraperitoneal tunnelization leading to possible later enterograft fistula, if not uh, de detected. So we adapted the technique. So now we are dissecting very far on the uh, right iliac axis to make the gesture as less blind as possible. And we also check the integrity of the retroperitoneum at the end of the operation, placing the patient on his back in Trendelenburg position. In this position, we have a very nice view of the entire retroperitoneum. And so we are sure that the, the right axis is below the retroperitoneum and not intraperitoneum. Second one critical step is the aortic and the hysterectomy. We consider this step as crucial because you won't be able to perform good anastomosis. So after that, we use a Teflon patch to reinforce the suture. Uh, it's often mandatory to get good hemostasis at the end of the procedure. This is also a part of the intervention where our experience in open surgery helps us to go further. However, this needs an excellent communication between the table surgeon who manages the clamps and the console surgeon who doesn't get haptic feedback. In the literature, the conversion rate varies up to 20%. What is your experience and would you convert to a laparotomy or can hand-assisted procedures solve the case? In our experience, the conversion rate is very low. On the 100 patients that we operated on, we only converted three of them. We had a bleeding from aortic suture at the beginning of our experience. We had a bleeding from left renal vein during dissection. And as mentioned before, we also had a hole of small intestine during the tunneling of the right limb graft in an extremely obese patient. But even if it's an unusual event, could be potentially life-threatening situation needing experienced surgeon to avoid a surgical disaster. This is truly where experience is mandatory. Aortic bleeding with the robot in place could give liters of blood before you can even get the abdomen open. So communication, experience and calm are really essential to maintain your, your patient to, to life. If you panic in, 
this situation patient is, is dead. You were telling us about the lack of haptic feedback, which is also what I've read in the literature. The lack of haptic feedback means the lack of the sense of touch, which can make performing the anastomosis more difficult. Uh, what is your experience in this? It's really true that you don't have any feedback with the robot and you need to adapt at the beginning of your experience. However, you can compensate the disadvantage with a lot of communication between the different uh, operators in order to avoid tangible gestures. You also have to realize that on the other hand, compared to open or laparoscopic surgery, the vision is magnified by 10 and gives you information on the force that you bring on tissue and instruments. I think that this major inconvenience represents a great development perspective for future robots. During this time, robot vascular surgery is mainly used for occlusive and sometimes aneurysmal aortic disease, just like you told us. And do you see more indications in the future, for example, for visceral artery or thoracic surgery? We have already performed several celiac trunk dissections for median arcuate uh, ligament syndrome with uh, pretty good results or technique is well established. We also um, would like to try thoracofemoral or iliac uh, bypass in case of uh, coral reef aorta, but we didn't get the indication yet. We, we thought a lot about the technique and are absolutely ready to, to try it. Thoracic outlet syndrome and especially his vascular form is also a field where we didn't get into until now. Some centers in the world do it with very good results. So we, we will certainly develop it uh, in the next month in our institution. And the problem of aneurysmal disease has been discussed earlier. So the the future acquisition of an XI model uh, by our institution will certainly help us to expand the limits uh, of our technique. And I must say that this is absolutely ex exciting. The costs of robot-assisted procedures are far higher than the standard laparoscopic or open procedures. What does, in your opinion, defend the high costs? Do you think that in the future these procedures will get more cost effective? You're right. It's true that the acquisition of a robotic platform is a substantial investment for a, for a hospital. But to say that the robot is more expensive than the existing techniques is not enough. I think that you, you have to balance this cost with the advantage that uh, you bring to, to the patient and to the surgeon. We already discussed the advantage to the patient that are multiple, including the fact that we go for patients with much more extensive disease than earlier in laparoscopy and that uh, the recovery of uh, the patient is shorter, diminishing the in-hospital costs. The advantage for the surgeon are also clear to us, more ergonomy, learning curve shorter and steeper, more ability to treat ill patients, operating time faster, less intraoperative blood loss and less need for blood transfusion. So in our uh, upcoming study where we will compare uh, our robotic, laparoscopic and open series, we hope to demonstrate these uh, advantages. So the, the good question to ask is, is not why use the robot who is more expensive that, than laparoscopy or open procedures, but rather how much am I willing to pay to give my patients better outcomes and my surgeons a better professional life. You also have to note that we don't use any specific instrument with the robot. We mainly use three types of forceps, always the same, and a third degree camera. Our robotic costs are also split between four disciplines in our hospital. Also with the forthcoming end of the patent of the Da Vinci, we also hope that more and more robotic platforms will find their place on the market and that this will make the acquisition less expensive. To, to be honest, we didn't perform any cost-effective study on 
aortic robotic approach uh, until until now. So we we suddenly need to to develop that that field also. You are the only center in Belgium that performs these kinds of procedures. Uh, should this or will this technique always be centralized? Yes. Yeah. C- least, certainly. Yes. yes. At least in center with enough personal resource, with sufficient experience and sufficient patient volume. Exactly. And what requirements should a center meet to start their own robotic vascular surgery program? So this question is somehow a resume of our discussion. As a center willing to develop this technique, you need to be sure to get enough motivated people involved, a good experienced surgeon in open aortic surgery at the console, table surgeon with sufficient laparoscopic experience, sufficient patients to get a, a good workload and progress rapidly in your technique, ERAS, program is also mandatory to make your patient fully benefit from the minimal invasive approach and diminish your, your complication rate. And we already talked extensively about the fact that there's no training center for this kind of procedures and there's not many centers that perform these kind of procedures. So are you open to observerships or can people uh, who want to see this procedure come to your center and, and learn from you? Sure, yes, of course. I think that we, <laughs> we, uh, I, I we are think very excited. We to, uh, very uh, excited to, to share the, our experience yeah, with sure. all the surgeons in the world. And I think it could also have to, to improve our technique I think that there's more in multiple head than, than in one so the more people will talk uh, about it and sharing experience about, about it the more it will, it will be for the technique so sure come to us and visit us we will <laughs> welcome you with pleasure I'm sure that a lot of listeners are happy to hear this thank you so much for this very interesting discussion about robot assisted aortic surgery I for one have learned a lot thanks for all of you for listening we will be back soon with more esvs podcast follow our socials to keep yourself updated on new releases talk to you soon enjoy the rest of your day